RHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. Beijing orders the US to close a major consulate as tensions ramp up. A quarantine exemption for sailors is under the spotlight after six fall ill. And three people are cleared of rioting and unlawful assembly. In the past hour, China has ordered the United States to close its consulate in the southwestern city of Chengdu as tensions continue to simmer. Samantha Butler has more. The order to close the Chengdu mission comes days after Washington instructed Beijing to shut its consulate in Houston amid claims it was used for spying. The foreign ministry in Beijing said this was a legitimate and necessary response to the unreasonable measures by the United States. The current situation in China-U.S. relations is not what China desires to see, and the U.S. is responsible for all this, the ministry added. The Chengdu consulate is most famous for its role in the downfall of Chongqing Party chief Bo Xilai. Mr. Bo's vice mayor Wang Lijun fled to the consulate in 2012 and spent 30 hours there before being persuaded to take details of his boss's wrongdoing to the Chinese police. About 200 people work in the consulate, according to its website. The U.S. has other consulates in Shanghai, Guangzhou, Shenyang and Wuhan, as well as Hong Kong and its Beijing embassy. Earlier, the American Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, declared an end to what he called blind engagement with China, saying the presumption that it would open up as it grew more prosperous had been wrong. In a speech in California, Mr Pompeo accused the Chinese Communist Party of exploiting American freedoms and thwarting countries that had helped it. The truth is that our policies and those of other free nations resurrected China's failing economy only to see Beijing bite the international hands that were feeding it. We opened our arms to Chinese citizens only to see the Chinese Communist Party exploit our free and open society. China sent propagandists into our press conferences, our research centers, our high schools, our colleges, and even into our PTA meetings. The Hong Kong Seamen's Union has called for tighter coronavirus restrictions on sailors after half a dozen crew tested positive, forcing six vessels with 140 people on board to be quarantined off Lama Island. Sailors are tested on arrival but are then placed under medical surveillance for two weeks instead of undergoing quarantine. The six sailors boarded their vessels before their test results came back. Union Chairman Chen Tseng told RTHK that the system relied on self-discipline for sailors not to visit public places where they could contract the virus. The Marine Department says it's so far exempted more than 10,000 seamen from quarantine. A Russian captain disembarking in Taikochoi says Hong Kong and Singapore are usually their only options for port calls. He says he doesn't think he should be quarantined. Vessel is clear. We stay at anchor for week, uh, two weeks before, and we already in quarantine. We always in quarantine mm. <laughs> because nobody come ashore. University of Hong Kong microbiologist Ho Pak Leung also questioned the exemption for seamen, pointing out that many sailors came from high-risk countries, including India and the Philippines. The Civic Party lawmaker Kwok Kaki has accused the government of negligence for expanding its quarantine exemptions, which he says resulted in the latest outbreak of the coronavirus. There were a record 118 new cases reported yesterday, and a medical expert says that the latest infections came from outside because they don't match previous strains found in Hong Kong. Dr Kwok told RGHK that initially only hundreds of people, such as cross-border truck drivers or flight crew, were exempt from quarantine. But this number surged when the government began allowing people with business on the mainland to freely travel. 
in the past three months, we have altogether 200,000 of those exempted persons coming into Hong Kong. Can you believe 200,000? You know, just a small percentage of them carrying the virus. It will make a widespread outbreak like today. The Federation of Trade Unions is urging the government to set up coronavirus testing centres in each district so the public can have quicker access to medical support. It said the government responded positively to its suggestion. Its former lawmaker, Chan Yin-han, said Wang Tae-sin should have top priority given its severe virus situation. FTU Chairman Stanley Ng said the administration should seek help from mainland health authorities to enhance local testing capacity. A judge has cleared three people of rioting in unlawful assembly after they were arrested during clashes in Xinguan a year ago. Vicky Wong has details. Gym owners Elaine To, who is 42, and her partner, 39-year-old Tong Wei Hong, along with 17-year-old Natalie Lee, were arrested near DeVoe Road West on July 28th last year. In his verdict, District Court Judge Anthony Kwok says the trio's attire and actions that day were very suspicious, but he says the prosecution relied entirely on circumstantial evidence, unlike in writing cases the courts had dealt with before. The judge ruled that prosecutors could not prove that the couple were actually on DeVoe Road, where police and protesters clashed that day, while the teenager could just have been an onlooker. He said the court had to adopt long-standing principles, including the presumption of innocence. The judge also cleared the trio of the alternate charge of illegal assembly. The couple were, however, fined $10,000 each for possessing walkie-talkies without a licence. The couple said they were relieved at the ruling but wouldn't celebrate yet because, they say, many people still face injustice. Elaine Toe said she hoped their case would give encouragement to other protesters. I hope everyone will keep on fighting until the end. We will go back home and take care of our three dogs and uh, get unpacked of our stuff in the gym and get back to our regular training. I was crying because a lot of people were crying and uh, it just made me feel it's a relief to hear that um, we are acquitted. Turning overseas, President Trump has announced he's cancelling the main gathering of the Republican National Convention in Florida in August following a spike in coronavirus cases there. Speaking at a White House press briefing, Mr Trump said it wouldn't be right to go ahead with the event in Jacksonville at the moment. The timing for this event is not right, it's just not right with what's happened recently, the flare-up in Florida. To have a big convention is not the right time. I have to protect the American people. That's what I've always done. That's what I always will do. That's what I'm about. Mr. Trump said he'd give a speech ahead of the U.S. elections as planned, but in a different form. The president was due to receive the party's nomination at the convention for November's presidential election. The Inspector General of the U.S. Justice Department is to launch an investigation into whether federal agents have used excessive force against protesters in Portland in Oregon. Anti-racism demonstrations, some peaceful and some violent, have been met with arrests, sometimes with the use of unmarked vehicles. The mayor of Seattle, Jenny Durkin, said the administration was being disingenuous in defending the deployment of federal troops. In every city that they've sent these agents in or are threatening to, local law enforcement has said, please don't. There are established protocols in place that if what you're really trying to do is fight violence, there's existing task forces 
that are uh, have existing cooperation agreements, those can be utilized and have been utilized for decades. This is not that. This is very different. The United States and Britain have accused Russia of using one of its satellites to test fire a weapon in space. The US State Department said the recent use of what appeared to be in-orbit anti-satellite weaponry was concerning. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Beale. The US, China, India and Russia have all developed anti-satellite missile technology, though so far these have mostly involved test firing from the ground into space. Russia, though, has now been accused of going further by conducting a test firing from one of its own satellites. The incident will heighten concerns of a new arms race in space. Other nations, too, are investigating technologies that could be used as weapons in space, but the US State Department has accused Moscow of hypocrisy by publicly arguing for arms control while having no intention of halting its own space weapons program. The head of the World Health Organization says intense trans transmission of the coronavirus is now restricted to a handful of countries. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus said two-thirds of all cases were from 10 countries and that just three accounted for half. He also rejected US criticism of himself and his organization and dismissed American allegations that he was elected thanks to a deal with China. The comments are untrue and unacceptable and without any foundation for that matter. And our sole uh, focus uh, and the focus of the entire organization is on saving lives. And WHO will not be distracted by these comments and uh, we don't want the international community also to be distracted. The outgoing head of the World Trade Organization, Roberto Azvedo, has warned that the agency may not survive if it doesn't evolve. In his farewell speech, the Brazilian, who's quitting with world commerce badly damaged by the coronavirus pandemic, said constant reform was needed. Instead of spending years deciding what the reform can be or what should the reform encompass, I think we should move right ahead. We need to be fast. We need to be quick. Um, and as long as members decide these are things that we want to change, these are things that we want to do, uh, the organization has to have the tools and the mechanisms to respond quickly. Mr. Osvedo warned if agreed trade rules were ditched, the fundamental pillars of peace and prosperity risked being lost. A DNA study of 50,000 people has revealed more of how the transatlantic slave trade shaped the genetic makeup of people living in the Americas. Here's the BBC's Helen Briggs. The research confirmed that most Americans of African descent have roots in Angola and the Democratic Republic of Congo. However, Nigerian ancestry was higher than expected, probably due to the movement of African people within the Americas. In contrast, the genetic contribution from Africans with roots in Senegal and the Gambia was lower than expected, perhaps because they worked in rice plantations where mortality rates from malaria were high. Currencies now, the euro is trading at $1.16, the dollar is worth 44 yen and the pound is trading at $9.87. Now to sport, here's Atom Jung. The delayed and shortened Major League Baseball season finally started amid the COVID-19 pandemic with plenty of unusual elements. Zero fans, 
umpires wearing masks, and all players on the Washington Nationals and the New York Yankees kneeling before the national anthem in support of the movement towards social justice. On top of that, the Yankees beat the Nationals 4-1 in a game that ended after six innings because of a storm in Washington. Meanwhile, the league and its players' union have agreed to expand this year's playoffs from 10 teams to 16. The decision makes it likely that teams with losing records will reach the postseason. Our U.S. sports commentator Ray Jovanovich says the door is open for the less fancy teams to achieve new heights. A start to the 60-game sprint schedule, which will be unlike any other season in baseball history, the shortest season in 142 years, dating back to 1878. But given a 60-game sprint schedule, Anything is possible. Teams can get hot for a streak, and we've seen it happen before where teams can run off 15, 20, even 25 consecutive wins. So I would look for some unusual things to happen in this entire baseball season. Meanwhile, the search for a home continues for the Toronto Blue Jays. Having already been banned by the Canadian government from playing in their home city, the team have also had their bid to play in Pittsburgh rejected by the state of Pennsylvania due to health concerns earlier this week. The Jays are now talking to the Baltimore Orioles about using Camden Yards for their home games. Brittany Garoli writes for The Athletic. She says the Toronto example illustrates some of the problems of playing in the midst of a pandemic. There's been so many health and safety protocols uh, that have had to be adjusted, that have had to get better for players to get here. But I think there's still that undercurrent of, okay, there's over a thousand deaths in the U.S. alone today from COVID-19. It is something that has not been handled. There are a lot of hotspots, teams playing in hotspots, a lot of logistical hurdles to still get through. So as much as sports makes us feel better there certainly needs to be an awareness that we are still in a pandemic. Now to football in Italy, where Juventus must wait to claim a ninth consecutive Serie A title after they slumped to a shock 2-1 defeat at strugglers Udinese. Seco Fofana scored the winning goal for the home side in added time. Juve have a six-point lead over Atalanta. Third place Inter are further point back. They each have three games left to play. Fourth place Lazio clinch a Champions League place for next season with a 2-1 win over Cagliari. And that's your look at sports. A quick look on the Hang Seng Index, it's at 24.664. That's 598 points down on its previous close. To end the news, top stories once again. Beijing orders the US to close a major consulate. A quarantine exemption for sailors is under the spotlight. And three people are cleared of rioting. The news from RTHK. The Building Minor Works Amendment Regulation 2020 will commence on the 1st of September. Owners or tenants may then put up minor amenity features such as trellises, retractable awnings and security fences with simplified requirements under the Minor Works Control System. For more details, browse the Buildings Department website at bd.gov.hk. Dengue fever is a mosquito-borne disease and the incubation period is from 3 to 14 days. The symptoms of first infection are usually mild but subsequent infections from other serotypes of dengue virus may lead to severe dengue and can be fatal. Once infected, the risk of severe dengue is lifelong. 
If you feel unwell after mosquito bites from travel abroad, see a doctor right away and explain your recent travel history. For details, visit www.chp.gov.hk. 